Welcome to the Fatty Z Mosky Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I have Vance. Good evening. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, Todd, like a couple weeks ago, only reverse role reversal here, is fishing. So very true. That's where he's at. So very busy schedule. We're trying to get these in when we can. We uh, appreciate your patience and understanding. Um, I recently had a completely side topic after, like, after I just said, you know, thanks, uh, thank you for your uh, cooperation uh, ahead of time. I had a, I had a little back and forth on eBay in that I had purchased something. They sent me the wrong item. They. And this is going back to this advanced thank you kind of thing. Um, so I purchased something. They sent me the wrong thing. I told them about it. They said, send it back. So with their supplied address, I sent it back in the, uh, the the way they asked me to do it. And about a week later, it came back to me. And I'm starting to get a little frustrated because I really wanted this like three weeks ago because I had some time off around the uh, holiday weekend. And they they failed to deliver, simply putting the item for sale in a box and sending it to me. They gave me the wrong stuff. So it came back to me, and I went ahead and brought it to their attention that, hey, this came back. And they're like, well, um, you're, you'll have to resend it. And I said, well, you're going to pay me double postage, right? And they came back saying... Um, our store policy is we do not pay for undelivered mail. And I had to, I had to just like lose my mind as much as you can through written text, through eBay messenger explaining that due to their mistake, I had to return this and due to their mistake again, um, it got sent back to me and now I need to resend it again putting me back at least another week or two because they're not going to send me another one until they receive the incorrect one. But they, they did say, and this is where this kind of comes back into play. They did say, however, since we will not reimburse you for the first shipping expense, we will give you another one of these products. And it's not an expensive product. It was like 30 bucks. And they said, we'd give you another one. And then I got, fired right back at them. If I wanted three of these, I would have bought three of them. I had actually bought two of these. Um, So if I wanted three, I would have bought three. And I just pretty much told them outright. I said, let's recap. And I I put it all out there. Well, when they, okay, so I skipped the important part here. (laughs) They said, we will give you this. It it was, um, we'll give you another one of these. And, Thank you in advance for your cooperation. And then I fired back the, if I wanted three, I would have bought three. That They thought that they were going to, you were going to go away after that. They were going to schmooze me with, how about a third one? I'm like, well, if I wanted three, I would have bought it. Yeah. And we have to, uh, it, in wrapping all that up, that's what we're uh, going to be doing now with the business. Is just thanking everyone in advance. <laughs> if we ship something incorrectly it's completely their fault yeah and they'll have to pay triple shipping that's right and any kind of like well i ordered some rod holders and i'll be like you 
don't you want a banana instead? Yeah. As I give them bad fruit. Yeah. So that's. So, anyways, that's kind of where I got that. Thanks in advance. <laughs> didn't didn't the uh, the uh, person you were talking to was like, well, you know, I talked to my manager and and we can work out something special here. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you what you needed. Well, reimbursed you. After after I said that if I wanted three, I would have bought three. They came back and said, "Well, I spoke to my manager, and we will reimburse you for the shipping costs." They're like, "That should have been forwarded." We're in the we're currently like changing addresses for a different warehouse or something, and I want to write back. Well, isn't that convenient? You give me the bad address. If yeah. you know you're going to a different address, why would you give me the old address? Yeah, that's hilarious. It, it makes perfect sense because it's only crossing the country all the way to the state of Washington. Yeah. So now you that- imagine like <laughs> bringing that to the table. Like the manager is like, you handle everything. You're on your own out here. This is your sales. You know, I, I can't I'm be only, bothered. I'm only, I'm only big picture things here. So like these little kids, they're like trying to run things. Like you recap the whole scenario and she, she or he brings that. I, I think you said it was a, a lady. No, I believe it was no a lady. I was talking. I'm just to. saying. I'm just saying. She because it's accurate in the story. Goes to her manager and is like, "Here's this." He was probably just like, "What in the hell is the matter with you? This makes no sense. You're fired." Now <laughs> <laughs> I can't feed my family, and, and it was just over a simple eight dollar shipping cost because I gave the wrong address. You but, weren't backing down, though. But by the way, thanks in advance. I mean, the thanks manager probably read it, and it was just let out a long exhale and looked up and said, how many more strikes are we going to get before he leaves an incredibly awful negative <laughs> negative feedback yeah. on our 22,000 or whatever positives? Yeah. It's beautiful. So thanks you, in advance. You know- <laughs> Thanks in advance. And you know who doesn't have a crappy customer service like that place in Washington? Tell me. St. Croix Rods. Oh. Would you yeah. consider them to be like best rods on earth? I would, yeah. They're, uh, we use them, abuse them. I think they have great customer service. You send one of these things back, they'll replace it. You know, you can't, you uh, can't uh, beat that. I've heard some horror stories on the boats today about other rod companies like using uh, twine and epoxy to hold real seats onto blanks <laughs> well it's not like that but like where somebody like snapped the rod on like a triple mega rubber piece of shit and uh <laughs> it, it like snapped the rod in half and they sent a picture to the guy and they're like this is broken <laughs> clearly. And they were like well he was like clearly it wasn't uh our fault you that clearly looks like you stepped on it to me and it like snapped mid cast <laughs> and it was like on a guided trip too so there was like three witnesses but the guy wouldn't back down he's like yeah you stepped on it i, I can tell by these forensic photos that i, I, I can clearly yeah. see a timberland footprint right there by the islet <laughs> yeah, it's just insane but yeah that's that's like that's what happens i step on rods all the time and they do not snap in half like they, they'll you could you could break a tip off of them or something but 
<laughs> like a clean cut. Just like pop, you know. I got a I got a rod breaking story. I might have told this already. So back in the day when I had a lot of time to fish and zero responsibilities, this is back like I still lived with my parents kind of thing. Like and I I didn't make a lot of money, but since I had almost no bills, you seem like you had a lot of money. I loved those times. And I had this one friend <laughs> and he he did not have a lot of money. He did have very few bills, but he just literally had no money because he kept buying things like candy and other stuff. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he was trying to get into fishing like me. He went up and bought you know a rod at a big box store, and it was a big box store brand that carried a lifetime warranty. Well, he <laughs> tested the patience of this big box store, and that he he would he would go up there like every day. And when they'd get a new rod that he felt was better, he'd figure out a way to try to break his his rod to get a, an exchange. Wow. Well, the one day, he was at my house, and he's like, I want this, whatever. I forget what rod it was. Let's just say it was an 8-foot. And this was a bass rod. He's like, I want that new 8-footer because this seven six wasn't good enough. So he went over to his Pontiac Grand Am GT. And if you ask him that GT meant a lot, it meant racing and higher insurance premiums as he sidestepped the clutch at every stop sign just to light those tires up. Um, but that's the besides the, <laughs> it was the GT. <laughs> Wait, I had a GT, uh, but like was, DMX bike. Is that the same company? No, this was Pontiac and they, they made a Grand Am, which was essentially a Cavalier. Oh, and this was a okay. sportier Cavalier or it was the GT version, the GT version. Dude, I, I remember those. <laughs> <laughs> they're still they're still actually driven around here like they're something. I don't even think they make those cars anymore. No, I don't think I Pontiac's see, in business. That, yeah, but the, they're in they're in the area. They uh, are in the for, area for a reason. But anyway, so okay, so he had like this car, and he went. He's like, "Well, it's time to break this on a hook set." And he takes like the rod tip and he puts it in the door on the upper part of the door, closes the door. And through the window, you can see the rod, like, at a different angle. He opened it, and it went bonk right back. He slammed it again, and it was all contorted. And he opened the door, and it went back. And he's like, well, this isn't working. So there may or may not have been some influence by myself saying, why don't you go where the lock mechanism is? So then he lined it up where the latch that keeps the door from flinging open when you're driving. (laughs) He slammed it, opened it up, and like the rod looked like like Elmer Fudd gun when Bugs Bunny puts his finger. It was all like shrapnel. Like it was really, it was like a frog gig. And he's like, yep, hook set. He took it back. And they rejected him. (laughs) So he had a broken rod. (laughs) And he's out all his money. (laughs) Why did they reject him? They're like, oh, here comes this kid again. Because when you do it three times in a week, they catch on. (laughs) They catch on. Here comes this guy again. (laughs) It might have not been three times in a week, but it's a small town. And yeah. with that small town, it's it's pretty obvious. Like, okay, here comes this fella again. I want to. I want to upgrade. <laughs> Please, rather than like doing something like uh, civil, like, well, I'll sell this one and I'll go buy my other one, like a new one. Or, or he could just pretty much just like save up your money an extra week and go buy another one. 
Yeah. And then as soon as you're poor for like two or three months, you realize that you don't need all that. Yeah. It's a life lesson there. But he learned the hard way because he still had to save up his money. Oh, my God. They rejected him. It was funny. Anyway, bad snags That's are right. usually what break my rods. St. Croix replaces them. Another place with good customer service. Vic Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Uh, big shout out to them for sponsoring this show. They sell Rangers, Starcrafts, Star Welds. They have an unbelievable uh, used inventory right now uh, of some fiberglass boats, some Stratuses, some Stratuses that are really laid out like Todd and I's boat. Is that um, is that like the new? I, I know that Stratus was like like in a. I don't want to use this word like this, but it was more of a budget-minded boat like 10 years it, ago, 20 years ago. That's kind of how Vic, Victor just describes it. But, like, it, it's laid out with jump seats um, and, like, that open walk-up-to-the-gunnel style. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's laid out, like, in 1880. Uh, there's a couple of those there that are, like, in the 20s. Um, and... I, you know. I believe the last time I know they were they were very they, they touted that they were they had no wood in their construction, which I would say would be a positive. Absolutely, uh, especially with I mean I've bought a lot of lumber in the last couple of years, and I don't know if I would trust wood that much, but you pretty much have yeah. to. But so check them out. Check them out for all their boats, uh, buying boats, getting your boats serviced. Um, my new one's coming in. Excited about it. Uh, it's the same exact boat, actually. So, but it will at least be a lot cleaner uh, when I first see it than this one now. And uh, that boat's a ranger. Big shout out to them for sponsoring this show and sponsoring Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. Uh, we love our boats. They are perfect for what we do. Um, and I'm super happy with them. Excellent. All right, going out of order, Fatty Z Musky products. FattyZMuskie.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, gosh, I've been setting up a lot of boats lately. I'm slowly getting some inventory. I have not changed the website yet. I do have some Raptors. Uh, not a lot. Some. I am going to try to keep trickling that in, but... Who does have Raptors is Musky Tackle Online with standard colors and Team Rhino Outdoors with exclusive colors. So check those two places out for base you can get online. And let's see what else. We have the Beast of the East tournament coming up in October. That is the Nittany Valley Musky Alliance chapter of Muskies, Inc., uh, hop on their website. That's going to be in October, so you have plenty of time to look. Um, hop on their website. Check that out. I was going strictly off memory on this one because every few weeks I want to remind you guys. Uh, it's a fly fishing only tournament. Uh, Muskie's Inc. You know, Muskie's Inc. has done some really great things. Um, you know, while they're not exactly stocking those muskies that we had Jared Sayers on not long ago talking about, I have seen a lot of the... Um, videos that he's been putting online, which is kind of neat. The state agencies are being a little bit more in the spotlight, more, I don't want to say transparent. I think they always were transparent. And 
you know, you hop on forums and stuff like that or wherever, and they talk about, you know, whatever, the Game Commission, the Fish Commission, whatever your agency is, you know, how they they introduce coyotes. They're doing this. They're doing that. And, you know, I don't think there's a lot of backing behind it, but there's a lot of mystery that was always there. But I think it's really cool that they're a little more active on social media. People can see this stuff and kind of debunking some of those myths. But where I'm getting at with this is they've been doing a lot of videos of these musky stockings in Pennsylvania. I have some friends that have helped stock these muskies in Pennsylvania. Really neat stuff. I think they had uh, some people in in government do it. I don't. I didn't recognize the name who who was there, but you know it's kind of neat when you see elected officials, you know, kind of lending a hand for that stuff. It kind of makes you feel they care, not just you know hiding in some building somewhere. But where I'm going with this is those muskies they put in. You know, they were saying that you know they're 12 to 14 inch range. Some of them being a little bit bigger. You know, that, that they didn't get there for, you know, hopes and prayers and everything being free. Muskie's Inc., especially like the Three Rivers chapter closer to my house, um, they helped with the Minnow Fund. And they were, you know, they were putting money into this to help. And that helps the state. And then the state, in turn, helps us. That's kind of how all this works. Could the state have done it without Muskie's Inc.? I don't know. But I know Muskie's Inc. was involved. And whether you turn your fish in or not, I still think that it's a nice peace of mind that, you know, there's a little bit more effort and push um, from from the anglers themselves to get this stuff done. And Muskie's Inc. was the main driving voice, you know, for that. Yeah, it probably would have never been brought to the table without them. I would uh, agree, so, but I don't want to. I want to leave the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah. So join your local chapter, get involved, and uh, you'll reap the benefits of it. And also a big shout-out to Baker Bates for sponsoring the show. Um, you can get your hands on them, use them, abuse them. We do it every day. Uh, they're catch- I'm catching fish on them every day. So uh, check out Zach Baker Bates. Excellent. Um, you probably don't get too much mail up there, but I got a, uh, a new muskie hunter in just the other day. And something cool was the angler spotlight. You know, Greg is Greg and Tony are doing a really cool job of of pumping that magazine back up. But the angler spotlight, they had a little interview with Dale. I saw that. I I thought that was pretty neat. I, I think Dale had some really cool answers. To some yeah, of I mean that that was that was super neat, and he was just on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, Wiley deserves that recognition. He does. And uh, then Todd had a little thing about. Chautauqua Lake in there. That's kind of cool to see that in print. Uh, I, yep. Going back to Dale real quick, he did, He gave a real nice shout-out to the rod holders, so that's nice. And that's sweet. That's sweet. You know, so um, aside from that, you, you were screwing around with, you know, putting pen to paper there not long ago for another, you know. Yeah, I'm writing writing an article right now. It's just something little. It's called Muskies on a Budget. You'll see that next, uh, the next issue. Um which is an oxymoron, and I go into that and basically uh, talk about, you know, how you can get into this sport uh, without dropping a mint or in doing it smartly and essentially not how I did it, where... I don't know I anyone cheap- that's done it smart. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, right. Everyone's Everyone does the same thing. I mean, and probably one of the more frugal people I know is out fishing right now, he has more baits than anyone I know. Todd. I didn't want to drop names, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. has boxes and boxes full. Yeah. 
truth. But like, you know, I go into it about, you know, you know, the stories about me when I, when I had my first boat and the chintzy track system and rod holders exploding in my hands. And, Oh yeah, I know all that. I just didn't want to give your whole, your whole thing away. Well, I'm not, I'm not giving it away. It's a short read, but you know, it's like one of those, I, when, when you get into it, when you get into the game of musky fishing, it's just a bunch of trial and error and it's a bunch of, I told you so things. Uh, it's like a bad relationship where like your parents would be like, you know, you need to get the hell out of this. There's the, you know, there's other fish in the sea, get out. And you're just like, in high school or whatever. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> and then, and then you finally realize, yeah, yeah, that's a complete piece of shit. I should have done something different. Uh, there, the grass is greener on the other side, but it's stuff like that. You know, I, I, mean, I thought I was set. I had a boat. I was ready to go. Yeehaw. And then I started fishing for him. I was like, I am effed. This sucks. I'm underpowered in a lot of areas. I'm using the wrong things. So everybody goes through that. And... Well, okay. And, and the confusing part about this to, you know, to talk about this topic a little more is that boat that, you know, your first boat, it was a nice boat. I miss that boat. I love that boat. It, for what you're doing now. It, it it seemed to have fallen short in many areas. However, yes. where what I'm doing, that boat would that would boat would shoehorn right into what I'm doing. Oh yeah. So I mean, and, and if you fish if you fish alone, you know something like that. Trust me, the only I'm in a t- a 21 foot boat, but you know I'm packing bodies on there. I got tons of stuff on there. Oh uh, yeah, I I don't think anyone's denying that. I'm just saying that yeah. when you ask an opinion on on an open media that people can reply, you're going to have one guy say, I wouldn't go out with anything less than a 28-foot Baja yeah, because this is what I'm doing. Another guy's like, well, I can't get where I'm fishing. I I can't even get a kayak in. Right. So the the opinion's all over, and it's tough. Mm -hmm. And and if you Mm -hmm. don't know, how the heck are you supposed to assess what's good and what's bad? Mm -hmm. You're not going to need some massive legend plow if you're – you know, casting the banks of a trout stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There, there's, there's a lot of, uh, misinformation out there, but you know, it comes, I would probably say miss. Yeah. I know what, I know what you're saying on that, but I, I just, I think it's good, 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 good information, information, bad placement, bad placement. Yes. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. I like that. Good information, but it's, it's misplaced. Uh, and, uh, you know, but the p- best place you learn is in the field. Once you get out there. Yeah. You know, and then it's, like I, said, I bought, I bought that boat. I was ready to go. And, you know, I knew I needed something a little bit bigger. Um, but like right now, if I was just going out fishing alone, like I miss that thing a lot, you know, it would have been just super, super fun you yeah. know, to be in a, in a little tiller. Those are killer boats. Yeah, and there's, oh gosh, not that my boat's a giant boat. It, it's it's scratching eighteen feet, but it's not. And it's scratching fifty. Close. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the uh, there's a part of me, and I've talked about this, and I, I saw one recently come up. I would love to have a little jet boat for reasons that are beyond my capacity to understand. But my brain says, you know how sweet that'd be to take that way up into the reaches of my river where no one people can fish there's a lot of people going through that area but they're all going with the current 
and they're all in like skittled colored kayaks and canoes. And these are these are fun these are fun things to daydream about. Oh yeah, God, my if, if I actually like made moves on every daydream I had, I I literally couldn't work enough hours to 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 dig out. Mm-hmm. But it's just man, if I could just it, let's just say I did get it. Like realistically, what the heck would I do? I'd do that trip once a summer, and then after five years of it sitting there with cobwebs and mice living in the carburetors, I just turned around and sell it for a third of what I paid for it. Yeah. Actually, those jet those jet boats are are pretty expensive and they hold value. They they do at least, at least at least around here. They people want them because of the river system. And you look at them and they're just like a tin thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're just like that. There's no way that that could be that much. Like that much. I bet you I could get that thing on a steel for three grand. And it's like no, like add it adds, you know. Nine grand to that. <laughs> yeah, add ten, ten more thousand, and, and that's where you're at. Uh, so jet boats are not cheap. And and this is this is a great thing, like what we just talked about, in that if if someone was looking for a recommendation on how to do this, and they and you bought the wrong boat, that's a huge hit to a budget <laughs> because I've seen guys in, in in river jet boats go out on a lake with like one to two footers, and it does yeah. not look pleasant. It's doable, yeah. but then or, you're, you're never going to yeah. see a you're never going to see your boat flying up the riffles of the Allegheny. Yeah, like drop a Ranger into uh, into Class One Rapids, exactly, in, in, in like one foot of water. And you're like, well, yeah. even if you had a jet on that, that's just not the way to do it. Call the customer service line. They're like, we'll see yeah, if let, we can. I talked to my manager, and we're going to end this conversation now. Yeah. <laughs> you clearly drove this thing through. But I'm going to thank rocks. you in advance thank you for in reaching advance. out to, to void the warranty on this as we strike <laughs> it from our record. They would, they would pass the buck. They'd, any boat dealer would just be like, you know what? Get a hold of your local dealer. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, please explain to them and they're going to be taking a lot of photos and, uh, they, they're then going to submit it to us for review, Yeah, <laughs> which by the way is denied, but we're going to try it anyway. <laughs> oh man. Silliness. So anyways, Listen to this. okay, Listen let's to this, hear Okay, so I like just recently found out the exhaust on my prop. The exhaust on your obviously comes out of your prop. Yep. Okay. In, in some was, in some capacity sometimes, but yes, it's a through prop exhaust. Yeah. So I was looking in there and I had like a bunch of Power Pro in there. <laughs> <laughs> You're saving it for later? <laughs> I don't know how it got in there. It and so like I was I was pulling on it. And pulling and pulling, and it finally broke off. But I could still see a little residual in there. I got to take the prop off and clean it. <laughs> you do, but I mean, I've done that. Except it, it was connected to my rod, and for a third of a second, I had Nessie on. And <laughs> oh my god! I've done that twice. Well, this was—it was weird that it got stuck in there because this happened on a fish that we caught, and I was going into the wind, and it was quite substantial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a lot of lines out 
And I was like, guys, if we get a fish like in this right now, I'm going to need some like all hands on deck. If just listen to me, if I tell you to reel something in, please do. Uh, well, they, everybody did a good job. Um, and the one planer, as I always allude to me that you allude to everybody that, you know, when you get like a hit on the boat, you can let those planers stay out there. They stay out of the way from the rods that are on the boat. They can just kind of float out there. But the problem is when you turn like 180 and all of a sudden you're going the wrong direction, those planer uh, lines. Want to crisscross, make you jump, jump. They, yeah, they, they, exactly. <laughs> so we release the fish and everything. And I see this planer line and it's in my big motor prop. But, you know, my my kicker's running the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I had killed the motor. You know, I killed that kicker motor. So this is like the last rod in uh, and stuff's everywhere. And, and I can't get the, the line. Like I trimmed the motor all the way up and it's in the prop that was not moving of the motor that was not on. I'm like, how in the hell did that happen? It was in neutral. And just the action of you moving, that prop was just spinning ever so slowly. And that's exactly what that's exactly what happened. But so I eventually get it out and I think I'm like, good. And, you know, I come and take a look at it a little closer when I was putting the transom saver on. I'm like, there's a whole thing of line in there. And I pulled it and the prop starts spinning and stuff. And like, I almost get everything out, but there's like an, about an inch in there that I need to, uh, remove when I take the prop off. And by me taking the prop off, I'll probably have Andy do it eventually because I just don't, I don't have those, uh, I don't have that size on me yeah i mean borrowed off you sometimes it's just size crescent and just get it on there and you know to grab grab on one of those fins in the prop and start spinning it yeah but i I have no problem taking that prop off well i just need the i need i need the tools right i get it i wanted to buy a new prop for my boat but i've yet to be able to drive it with a new fuel line which I should probably do that before I buy a new prop. I, and who knows, I might not even need a new prop because I was, you know, contemplating that. But, you know, that's the one thing, like the one of the big killers of your lower unit seals is fishing line working their way in. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. I'm on I'm on a, a clear path for that. So that's good. <laughs> I've... I've... I've done all the necessary actions to get yeah. water in my lower unit. I am ready to go on that. Other line stories. I have more line stories. Let's hear uh, it. Been, I've been like calling out like really crazy things lately. You know, when you like say it, like there's a fish and boom, the rod goes off. Are things you trying like to do like, 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 like trucker talk kind of thing? No, like... You know, like, oh, there's a fish on the graph right there, and then the, the rod goes off. You know, oh, okay, you so you've been calling out. plays before they happen. Yeah. Like, and like Notre Dame kind of stuff. Yeah, like, uh, you know, what's going to happen next? I'll be like, it's going to hit this down rod, brown perch, baker, boom, hits. Mm-hmm. I've said, like, I have a feeling you're going to get your personal best today. Boom, rod goes off, and I'm like, there it is. I thought you yeah. were like, hey, guys, on the hamstring, there's a toothy. Something like no, I've like said CB that, stuff, and then I said like God, I just wish that they would for once hit when I was going with the wind for reasons that I just we just talked about, and boom, it hits. You know, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so weird things like that have been happening. But I had some like really awful net jobs, and I was like thinking like, man, the people I'm with today, it's just they're not understanding the reeling in, and I just think like I'm either going to lose a fish or something crazy is going to happen. Well, the people all day were reeling in between. I'd be like, you got to bring the, that, that fish over to the side. I got to net it in between the kicker and the big motor. And, uh, so I'm netting fish real crazily. I like literally netting fish in between like the nose of the fish is on the transom. The hooks banging all over the place. It's getting caught on, on stuff. It was caught. One of the hooks was caught on the kicker and the fish was just laying there. So like I took the net vertically and stuck it down in there made it as skinny as I could and like cradled <laughs> cr- cradled the fish like on the out rim and then tried to like bring it around the boat. It was a decent fish. It was like 42. And uh, the thing like got off and I flipped the net real quick, like in midair and we got that fish. So after that happened, I was like, okay, so I, ha- I can't, I can't net stuff like that. If we get another one, you guys got to try and fight it on the side that it hits. You know, a lot of people have like a great lakes mentality where it's just like, boom, rot up in the air, straight out of the back of the boat. That doesn't work well, uh, at all for, for musky fishing. Um, not the way that I'm doing it at least. And, uh, so this next fish hits it's an even bigger fish and it's really nice. And they're starting to do the thing again where it's right out the back of the boat. And I'm like, you got to bring this one over. We cannot lose this fish. It's a nice one. They bring it. It's, it's out the back of the boat again. I see the fish. It's up on the service. I'm, I'm nervous as hell. So I think it's going to get off. But you're calm and steady to drop. I'm nets. calm and steady. So I have the net and I grab the guy's line. I grab the, the whole pole. Mm-hmm. And I just, I move it like as hard and aggressive as I can to the side, like grab the pole net in one hand. And I'm just turning off the back casting platform and boom, placing it out on the, on the port side as hard as I can. I'm like, fight it here. Well, when that happens, that fish moves and it starts to come at the, at the boat, like a million miles an hour. And it should be an easy net job. Boom. Usually when they're coming straight at you, I can get those things real easy. You know, it's just like net in the water. I got it head first. It's flipping out because it doesn't even know it's netted yet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, this was going on, but that thing took a huge dive and I was caught up in this line. The, the fish dove underneath the boat and the line just cut the hell out of my neck. I'm like, oh, oh. my God. I was like that. It was peeling line. I have this big freaking mark on my on my neck from it. It just it just cut my neck. It was crazy. It was cutting my neck, and then it was digging into like the uh, the uh, the track. Okay, yeah. It was like ripping so hard, so like the line got like was around my neck, and then got into the track. And I'm thinking like, well, my jugular is about to explode, and then, but I really don't want to miss this fish and have this, you know line cut on on the track so i grabbed the line out of the track first and then worried about my neck later and we eventually got this fish but that was a first for me to have 
line peeling off of my neck. It's usually like a finger or the the inside creases of your knuckles, like on your fingers, where it will never heal. Every single yeah, every single one of them is just jacked right now, and like you're so used to those motor skills of like uh, how you check your drag, how I pull it, like which finger that that is with when I'm, when I'm gripping that line and there's those cuts in there and it just keeps reopening and reopening and reopening. I'm just like, Oh my God. So I'm like, I'm done with my index, my middle and my ring finger. And I'm down to the pinkies. Yeah. It's while those, while those heal. And they're not because you bend your finger, what? 5 million times an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Line's been, line's been, you know, just not my friend lately. I remember my first real run-in with Braid, and this was like my first musky story, and I'm going to skip a whole bunch of the story, but after I got done eating lunch with the guide, we went to some restaurant on Mille Lacs, and we went back out, and it was like, like what's going to be the next couple of days, 95, no wind, and no clouds, just africa hot and and the the reel had been sitting in the sun and all the water had dried out of it and i grabbed that rod and i wing it as hard as i can i put my thumb down and it was like men in black goodbye thumbprint just burned my thumb <laughs> right off and uh but yeah that's that line sucks i mean and it doesn't matter like the thinner the diameter obviously it's going to cut better but like my planer board line I think I bought it and they said it's 300 pound power pro. And I don't I don't know if that's true, if it's really power pro or 300 pounds, but it's braided like that. And for it, your mast. For my mast. And it will light you up when that board, like if you get up beyond it and you try to grab it with your hands and that board catches water and starts mm-hmm. going. Yeah. Yeah. It's, You're it's, done for. It's bad news. I mean, it's to the point I carry gloves. I carry yeah. gloves when I'm letting that stuff out. Yeah. But you obviously I mean, I, can't put on gloves. I mean, you could take a bottle of new skin and dip your hand in it every day. <laughs> Super glue your joints so you got like a yeah. like a instant callus. I'm using. Um, it, it, it looks silly out there. I look like a you know rheumatoid arthritis and carpal tunnel hand when I'm trying to like rig things online. It just does not look good. Like a guy from from the movie, like scary movie. Not my strong hand. Yeah, the strong hand, like that little my guy. Germs. Like, yeah, like that. That's what I'm. That's what I look like when I'm trying to rig things, because there's those little annoying cuts on on everything. Mm-hmm. So line has sucked. I've lost a lot of line this year. Retied a lot of line this year. Just a a really solid working year. You know. You know, on the topic of line, and I'm going right back to to, to my my thing. This was my trip with Gearman when him and I caught dinner. And we're we're letting out baits or whatever, and he, on his rod, he was letting out the rod, and he hooked it up to the planer board, sent it out, and he goes, Andy, do I normally take this thing to the backing? And do you know when I heard that? Oh, my God. I just instantly went like, oh, crap. Because, yeah. like, when you buy, like, whatever, 300-yard spools, and you're trying to be like, okay, well, and it and it bites you every time when you're trying to spool up multiple reels off of a spool of line. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, how much you am I going to put on? You can't. Yeah, you don't. 
and you're trying to you divide lose it track up. of your count. Yeah, I'm like, well, if I put a hundred yards on this thing, I'm never going to have three hundred yards. I mean, three hundred feet. Yeah. So if I buy a three hundred yard spool and I'm trying to put it on three rods, I'm just clarifying this. And I'm like, I'm going to put a hundred, a hundred, and a hundred. There's no good way of actually like measuring it unless when you. It's 100. When, when it's that far, because the line counters aren't accurate because they're going off of, of spool circumference. And yeah, and that's just your backing at that point. Yeah, and you're backing and then it gets bigger. So you're like, well, I yeah. think I can put this much on. You're trying to gauge like yeah. how much. And and I'm like, oh, crap, because now I'm like, all right, so do I go and buy some more braid? I think I just run 20 on those rocks, <laughs> 20 pound, and just let that thing all the way out like on the floor of my pole barn retie like prior to that be like okay i need an eighth inch bigger on this spool then you peel all that out you do your little splicing knot onto your backing you reel it up about what you think you need then you the go ahead, corn knot. and then then you add it and then you're like well great i got a knot somewhere in there or do you peel all that line off put on like four wraps you know, four good layers what, of mono and then just fill that thing and just like, screw it. I'm going to drop $80 in line on all of these. That's what, that's what I was running into. It's like, I could see my like tie point, but on some of my reels, there's like multiple tie points from like mono to braid, then braid to braid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I look at, I look at the sides of it and I'm like, man, I think I could probably get another eh, hundred yards on this. And then I should be good. But when you lose line all the time, that hundred yards gets, you know, all of a sudden that rod cannot be my planer board rod. You know, that turns into a down rod. Remember when me and you were out on the old boat and we had those like tear down fish, we were out on Erie and we had to like, we were in the backing and I'm like, hold on. And you're reeling and just trying to get it back to the braid. Yeah. I remember that. That is, I've never had that happen with musky fishing, but that has to be one of the scariest things. If you're like, I have three, you, you can count the threads, the the revolutions on the reel before the backing starts, and you're like, yeah. well, I'm still, I'm still in the strong point right now. I've I've done that. Like when, like I've looked at that and I'm like, oh god. I was like, just don't be a big one that hits this one. <laughs> <laughs> this cannot scream. And if I'm like, if God, God help me, if somebody sees like all of a sudden there's no more braid and it's just like mono out there, they'll think I'm a complete tool bag. Have no idea what I'm ta- like doing. Well, <laughs> I'll be like trying to cover it up. Like ah, da, da, da. I had Nitro Real. do that. You remember? Remember that story? I took I took Nick up, and I had that fat body. You know, was it a fat? It was a fat body. And it, it got like hung up and he didn't, I was driving the boat. He was watching the rods. I look back and I just see mono <laughs> get to the end and then snap gone. It yeah. spooled the entire mess. That's terrible. We crisscrossed and we ended up snag, you know, hitting it on a perch bait. Mm-hmm. And then I got the end, put it all through the eyelets, tied it back on and reeled the whole thing right back in. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> Dude, I saw mono today. Did you? Yeah, a fish a fish hit, and we reeled it in. But, like, when it hit, I just dropped the rod, mm-hmm. and it was still letting line out. And uh, when the boat was finally stopped, and I started to go into gear again, mm-hmm. the thing, thing was all the way out to mono. 
I reeled in my initial uni knock thing. Oh and yeah. I just, it was like 300 yards out there. Oh, it was terrible. So I've been messing up with line a lot. It what gets you with that backing is that if, if you actually start putting thought into this mono does not age well. That's like back yeah. in the day was like, why does the line break all the time? Like I cast and it broke, like when you're in spinning and Snoopy rods and yeah. all that light stuff and you have a fish and it just feels like it's like chalky. And it would, it, it would break in a second. It would. It, with, but, with pressure on it. But you're, you're looking at this mono and you're like, well, it wasn't in direct sunlight, but it has seen moisture and drying out moisture. And how strong is it? It's super weird looking. Mine's like piss yellow and. Does it look like it's someone took it and like twisted it and it's like this weird spirally, but it's still kind of straight, like wavy it's, looking, like it's just disgruntled yeah. from being down there? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does its job though because, you know, that's your whole drag system essentially, how you, how tight you spool that thing on there. But, and the, the crazy, the crazy thing with all that is like in the moment, like right now, you're probably looking at those rods. You're like, you know what? This off season, I'm going to go ahead strip these down to nothing. I'm going to go ahead and redo this right. I'm going to this and that. Come the off season, you throw them rods in the corner and you forget about them till the next year. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to make sure I have at least a hundred yards of line on every one. And that's it. That's how I. That's how I roll with this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm out of line though. I, I got some some new line I'm going to try actually uh, from Steve Gold. He uh, uh, gave me a, a spool of this Andy braid. Andy braid. That well, I didn't do it, but okay. It, <laughs> yeah. It's got a great name. Yeah, it, it's more of like I guess it's like a saltwater thing. It's black, you know, so the fish obviously will see it, not hit it, but. Um, oh yeah, I mean you mm, got to have you had a red line because that was the thing yeah. eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they see that stuff and it's done for. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna spool some up with that. I I like all braid, you know, whatever. I mean, I know people people like dog on power pro and stuff, and I, I have yet, uh, you know, I, I guess again, this is going back to the information and how pertinent it is to your exact situation. I know some people say they hate this, but they like that, vice yeah. versa, whatever. You know, I might have one I lean to. I haven't tried all the other braids. Some people will say this one absorbs less water, this one doesn't. I don't really know. I haven't done the testing. I can't verify any of that. But I have yet I to mean, really have braid that was like, man, this stuff was junk. I mean, I literally was pulling it up for- and it was breaking as I was pulling it. Yeah. You should do that for like your kid's first uh, science project or something. Is water absorption and braid? Soak, something like that. Yeah. Soak a hundred yards in a in a cup of water, and then you know pull it out, weigh it, like let it drip, weigh it, and then and give then it test, five minutes, then, ten and minutes, and then test its test its strength. Yeah, I mean, if you watched uh, Shanghai Noon, you know you can break out of jail with peeing on your shirt. Because very true. Old Shanghai movie. Noon, that was the first one, right? Yep. And then there were Shanghai Nights. That's right. Both funny Owen Wilson. Jackie and Chan. And Jackie Chan. Yes, good stuff, but line. 
I don't know. I mean, I put a lot of stress online when when I'm trolling. You know, I could see people snapping line and rods more that are throwing the the big rubber all the time. And I think that's where it gets a bad rap is from that demographic that is constantly doing that and constantly putting that big stress on it. But, you know, when you're trolling and you're reeling in and clipping boards to it and stuff, you know, that's a big stressor as well. Uh, I think you got a, you got a big thump and bait out there. We also have a, a direct point that, that is, that is touching. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if I had to guess like where the line was going to break would be whatever's pinching it. And depending on how you hook your boards up to, this is not scientific stuff, but you know, it's going to probably be within the first five feet of your leader or the next point that's touching it. Yeah. That's just what yeah. I'm, that's a guess of mine. But I, I mean, I've just heard people say like, you know, you're not allowed to use power pro. You're not allowed to use this on the boat, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if it's because it's a pushed agenda or if it's because it's really just like snapping in half. And the only time I've ever had braid fail <clears throat> is at those marks that you were you were explaining. Um, with the first five feet, boom, you net the fish or something. It's going crazy in the net. It starts to fray a little bit. Next thing, using inline boards or where even you put your, if you're using a mast where you clip onto it, that's going to wear eventually. If I'm getting like, you know, say I have 30 foot of line out on the board, you know, when I'm clipping it there all the time, I start seeing it fray there. And that's where, uh, you know, I was just not paying attention and I was just like, ah, it'll be cool. I'll cut it off later. And boom, next thing you know, the board's just out there floating alone. And I'm like, that, that shouldn't be out there that far. Uh, and it had, it had broke where I clipped the board because you know, I was just doing it excessively over and over again mm-hmm. at the same depth. So, I mean, they all break, but I really think they all would do the same thing. I don't think there's one better than the other in yeah. my setting, in my setting. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. I don't put that much effort, emphasis on, on that. I have broke 50-pound braid on casts, and I'm going to go ahead mm-hmm. and say this. I was casting like a fool with, I found that it's like more of a hard bait that, that has like no give. Mm-hmm. And it backlashed mid cast on like one of my ultra bombs. And I could just hear like a, like a, like a snapping crack. And then I just know something was wrong. And then I just watch two, three seconds later, Chris splash. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah. 50 pound braid can't take that shock. No, it's got to be 80 or 100. You know, I will say the braid that I do use and like the, those OR16 clips on the on the inlines. And I, I think it, it, it there's a there's a a mat in between those and those OR16s, um, and even like up to the bigger stuff that you would use on like the Great Lakes system if you're running that big mast. Mm-hmm. You know that like rubber in there that's to hold. The yeah, line the, type. Yeah, it grabs mono really well. Mm-hmm. But it it digs the the braid digs like hell into that into those rubber pads, uh, and it just creates like a 
a crevice, a mark in it, and then the braid like just continues to slip and slip and slip and slip through it. Um, I noticed that with the, with the braid, you know. So I'm like constantly just changing clips too. But mm-hmm. with Todd, Todd uses Tiger braid. Mm-hmm. I continually asked him to buy me like thousand yard spools, but he hasn't. And uh, that is. Did you thank him in advance? I thanked him in advance. That stuff isn't as like tough as the suffix and the power pro on it. It's like not as oily, you know, you know how that stuff is brand new oily. It's, yeah. It has like, like a, like a petroleum feel to it. But I, I wish Todd was on to answer this. It seems to me that tiger braid is just a bigger diameter compared to like a comparable name, your other braid. Yeah. Is that a memory thing that could be wrong? It's been years since I've seen it because I haven't fished with Todd in years. But it or me, it it uh, <laughs> it it is like thicker. It feels like clothier too. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Like you could make a pillow out of this stuff. It's very nice. Take a nice nap. Like I bet you, if I used that, I wouldn't have like freaking like chef hands right now, where it looks like I cut everything. Like horrible. Like like, like you but, just husk like a thousand years of corn for the last month every day. Yeah. And like chopped all my fingers off doing onions or something. Yeah, that would be but, fantastic. But okay. But yeah. Braid, line, fish took a dive, cut my neck. Really sweet. It's in my motor. Really exciting. You're gonna like you know, get settled in for the night and you're just like, man, something just doesn't feel right in your teeth. You start picking at it and there's like chunks of line in there just infiltrating you like microplastics. There's line everywhere. You line comb, is everywhere. comb your hair and you just look at the comb and it's just full of like one inch strands of power pro or whatever you're using. <laughs> there's line everywhere. It's all through my boat. Comes out of the freaking, when I pull the plug, it's in there. It's all over the place. I need more line. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Very nice. That's pre- that's pretty much it on like the fishing and weird stuff that's happened in the past week. Uh, for me, on the boat, I'm sure there's more, but I can't think of it. You know. Yeah. So what? What does you know? I mean, we're at 55 minutes right now. There's really no point in going at a huge other topic. But what? What does your boat look like? Do you clean it? at all during the season or is it just going to just continually building up layers of like slime, like calcium pipes? I've actually, I've actually cleaned it three times. Okay. And like got up inside it with a power washer. You know how much I love power washing. Oh, it's, it's great. All those oil it's, stains on your driveway. Yeah. That <laughs> stuff. But I, there's like something, uh, relaxing about it going back and forth and like getting everything, like one of those like oddly satisfying videos, yeah, mm-hmm. or like perfectly cut grass, you know, something like that. But I I love the power wash stuff, and uh, I've got up, I power washed the hell out of the inside, and you know, it looks good, It looks really good. No, I, I, so I did I'm, that I'm, the old. I, I, wa- I wash it occasionally. I I don't. I'm not waxing it and stuff, but I'm giving it a good scrub down. It looks a lot nicer than. It usually does. Mm-hmm. It stinks like hell at the end of the day. I mean, it just smells like fish nasty. It's gross. 
Is there any products that you found that aid you in cleaning that? My favorite stuff to use, I think it's called like hot sauce. Okay, we're not talking about dinner. We're talking about your boat. Yeah, it's called hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, the the hot sauce stuff is like really nice. After you, after you wash it and spray it down, you take this hot sauce and you spray it on there, and it like waxes it and takes up all the uh, all the uh, watermarks, those hard watermarks that'll build up on your boat. And uh, it's like a just like a one time applicant, boom, 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 and it's all that stuff's off there, but it like, you can't be downwind from it because it really does like have like some type of cayenne pepper in it. So essentially you're spraying mace all over your boat. Exactly. Yes. And that's, that's what happened. Like I was like spraying it. It was like, (laughs) you woke up the next morning and your boat was clean. It was clean. That's what I use when I clean my boat to make it real pretty, but I really don't care what it looks like. But in a much more real sense, you do care. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried. Worried about you know, in the water every freaking day. Mm-hmm. I haven't been off the water yet this season. It's been really fun. It's gonna. It's gonna test you these next few days. I'm not a big fan of the heat, but the heat sucks. But you know, and and that's you know, but where the water temperature stuff comes in into play, people are going to be going just batshit crazy over here but honestly it's been hot muggy humid and it's been at 76 and holding uh, which is really really nice we've had some storms come in but i i would imagine that in these next couple days here if it stays hot you know you you will see 80 in some places on the lake uh for a couple hours and then it will go back down um but just wacky weather. So, so wacky. But the, the water temperatures are nice in the areas I'm fishing. Um, the fish are doing well. If I have any, I think they're really, you know, it's not good. You just water release the hell out of them. They barely even know they're there. Uh, yeah, I know that's a really contested topic, especially like yeah. now. But like, even like a month ago, one of my local waters that I was on, it was reading like low 80s. And you're like, how, yeah. how can that be? If it's, you know, and I didn't put my hand in because there was a swim advisory and like uh, such a severe swim advisory, they asked you not to put your dogs in the water. And so I wasn't about to like reach in, but that can't be more than just the top foot. And I know Mm -hmm. we've talked about this, but like really at what point? I mean, you can walk into a sauna and and boil your blood for a couple minutes and come back out. We've talked about this with with Kevin Jobs and all that stuff, but it still makes me wonder. I mean, I still question some of this stuff. Like it's not completely uniform through the whole column and I'm not advocating you to go out and catch them in yeah. 90 degree water, but what, what the, what the, what the neat thing about Chautauqua is while all these places are heating up, it just baffles me that there's such a like beautiful spring fed natural flow to this lake that it just does not hit that reservoir heat. And it doesn't make sense because it is baking out there at days. And, and you know, you like I expected, I'm like, man, it's you know, like, I can't fish in this stuff. It's going to be way too hot. And boom, you put the thing, you're on the water and it's like, boom, 75 degrees. I'm like, wow, can't believe that. Whereas like in Pennsylvania, Ohio, those reservoirs, even the natural lakes, I'm sure like around your place, they're, they're probably up. 
I bet you if I went on my little Seen local it. lake here, it's going to be upper 80s on Friday. Yeah. That would be fun to pleasure boat in. Yeah. Nice and warm. Bath water stuff. Nice and warm. Some blue-green algae, red tide, and I don't know, the <laughs> plague. Yeah. Yeah, but Chautauqua's holding steady. Good place to fish right now. And, uh, you know, water temps are nice. And that's the plug for Muddy Creek. <laughs> Just, be care- Just be careful out there. All right, you have anything careful. anything else you want to wrap up? We hit an hour. Nah. Just abide by the rules when you're fishing up here. You know, three rods a man. Very nice. We did kind of, for anyone that's still listening to us, babble. We did kind of have a plan on what we wanted to talk about, and we did not touch any of it. So. We didn't. <laughs> Quickly, though, I did pour like... 300 swimmers, uh, glitters, regular bodies, uh, whites, oranges, blacks, uh, new colors for glitters. Uh, we'll have those up eventually. Uh, and I'm, and I'm of course, along fun. those lines, I am going to drop a very, very, very vague hint, but there had been a super tanker caught on a 10 inch swimmer. So there had been, I mean, I'm talking legendary stuff legendary fish of a lifetime um yeah could could be in the running for the longest fish caught in the in the north america could be yeah this was actually bumped with, and the reason with the photos reason this this, this re- and the reason this happened is andy stopped making them and i did and of course everything i touch turns to gold that could be but i made that bait so um, no, you didn't. I believe I believe I made that one. Dude, there's no way you made that one. Made you didn't it. you you did, you made silvers, golds, and the uh neons. Maybe. Possibly. Possibly, but oh, I guarantee oh. you I paid it. I, I painted it. You did. But anyways, you- we're, we're not we're not going to be talking about this fish beyond that until the time is right with the angler that that caught it. Mm-hmm. So, but which just, is me, which is not you. Um, but caught it. It was. It's still fun to drop hints like that. And we have these amazing new paints. Andy's been painting these raptors. They look amazing. We got to play with them first. But yes, continue. all this exciting, all these great colors are coming out. Uh, Super stoked about that. Andy's upped his paint game. Well, and, I'm uh, I'm, sc- I'm screwing around a little bit. I'm trying things, and if they work out, I should have some for show season. That's about as far as we're going to go with this. Yeah, I'm super pumped about them. I got to get They're them beautiful. up to you guys. So, yeah, ship them up here. Anyways, with that, big thanks to Muskie's Inc. Uh, find your local chapter, join it, be part of the team. Um, Ranger Boats, thank you. St. Croix Rods, best rods on earth. Vix Marine Sports Center and Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. Baker Bates. Baker Bates, Fatty Z Muskie Products. All of them, great things. And with that, I'm going to end this. Good luck fishing. <laughs>